got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto. Guys, over the weekend, Bitcoin dropped $2,500. As you already know, Bitcoin was trading above $45,000 not that long ago. And a lot of people were expecting, okay, we're going to go into Super Bowl weekend. We're going to see the Super Bowl come in. We're going to see eToro and FTX and Crypto.com and Coinbase and all these cryptocurrency companies come out with their crypto ads. And we're going to see Bitcoin pump to the moon. And we told you last week on this show, it's probably going to be more of a buy the rumor, sell the news event. And over the last last two days or so, Bitcoin's price has been moving to the downside. The question on everyone's mind right now is, why did Bitcoin drop and are the bulls still in charge of this market or have we now seen the beginning of a new downtrend? I personally believe the former, but we're going to be talking about all of that and more in today's episode of Coffee and Crypto. Make sure you hit that like button gently. I normally tell you to hit it, but today I just need you to gently tap the like button. And if you dislike the video, make sure you dislike the video twice so that we know just how much you didn't like the video. How about that Charles Hoskins? an interview though how about it kelly how you doing that was an excellent interview i must say so for any of you that have not checked it out yet definitely go on to the crypto jeb channel and look at the video we released yesterday uh, and i gotta commend you mr jeb because you had a phenomenal interview with uh, charles <laughs> and it was uh, so much great content out of that uh but you know i had a wonderful weekend uh, i actually was here in office all weekend working on some of the amazing content that we're putting together for you all uh, i did get to pull away for a little bit for the super bowl and it was exciting to see some of those ads we'll, and we'll be talking about that and we got some really uh, great metrics that we're going to be sharing today. So let's just jump right in, in into yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Kelly's got something really cool that he put together that we're going to be looking forward to showing you. But before we get to that, I am also joined as always by Smay. How you doing, Smay? Um, I'm doing, you know, uh, I had a little bit of a Anyways, guys, uh, I get this opportunity <laughs> to say how much I love the members. You guys are the best. I love you guys. And I would like to take this opportunity to say those members' names. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start off with we have Grand Roofing Incorporated, Ricardo Vinegas, Crypto Sec Guy. We got R1, R1R Crypto 420. Uh, we got... Uh, Ricardo Vinegas again, uh, and then we got Alan Carey, and we got Agent Gold. <laughs> Man, I love you guys. And you know what? You know how much I love you guys. That guys after the stream, we got today's we got a member stream today. Woo! So, so. Ooh. Be excited about that. I'm so excited. Ooh. And uh, there we go. I'm very excited about that vest that you're wearing. That's a good looking oh, vest, man. Thank you. It's a good thank vest. You. It's thank a good you. vest, man. You're looking good. Thank you. Kelly? Looking good. You could do better. Oh. But you got the tattoos, so uh, you're always looking good with it. You, with the you know, you know. I'm also I'm also away from home. I got my entire wardrobe, so I, I basically have a, anything that I could basically pack into a backpack. So fairly limited on my uh, my repertoire of uh, outfits. But I'll dress cuter for you tomorrow. I'm, ki I'm kidding. I promise. I pro no, please don't dress cuter for me. That would be concerning. But it, but it's okay, Kelly. I, I'll forgive you hey, for that. I'm just dressing cute for this hodl trip. That's right true. Here, yeah, you've had it two weeks in a row. We're gonna have to take that from you this week, man. We're gonna be doing our predictions tomorrow. I am looking forward to that. I'm also. Looking forward to our members only Q&A, and I'm also looking forward to jumping over 
on to coin market cap. So let's do it. Guys, over the last 24 hours, Bitcoin is up 0.34%, down 0.54%, down 0.76% in the last seven days. Ethereum's trading sideways, so is Binance and uh, stable coins are all obviously. XRP's down 3%, Cardano's down 1.33%. If you didn't already know that you should buy Cardano, watching that interview that I did with Charles is going to give you a reason to want to buy Cardano. This is the solution to a lot of the world's problems as far as I'm concerned. Solana's up 1.1% and Terra is up 2%. But if we look at the biggest gainers and losers over the last seven days, we got Unis said Leo. I have seen this before. It sounds like a it sounds like a statement like Unis said Leo. He said Leo? Why not like Leo? Like what what do you mean you said Leo? This is a cryptocurrency that's up 16%. Sheeb up uh, 8%. Elrond up 8%. IOTEX up uh, uh, 7%. XRP's up a little bit. If we look at the biggest losers, we got Bora being kind of boring down 25% Oasis Network and Near Protocol down in the double digits. We got Thorchain down here that's very interesting. That's still in the top 100. Not going to go there right now. Gala's down negative, uh, down 20%. Curved out token down 20% as well. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to be jumping into some of these cryptocurrencies. We're going to be looking at Cardano, and we're going to be looking at Crypto.com, which is right here, and we're also going to be looking at FTX token. We're going to be looking at all three of those because Cardano, we want to look at, since I did just interview the founder of Cardano, and we're also going to be looking at Crypto.com and FTX token because those two cryptocurrencies and their parent companies just ran Super Bowl ads. So as I said, if you didn't know, then that is something that you should know. They just ran Super Bowl ads. And it's very interesting how small, how little of an impact it actually had on the price. If you look at the price of something like Crypto.com when they ran, the, when they ran their ad, didn't really do a whole lot to the price. I mean, this looks like a lot, but it's really not. It ranged in less than a penny, so not a whole lot of action happened there on Crypto.com or any of the other uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Can I, can I make a comment about that, though? Absolutely. I feel like uh, it's like one of those expectation things. You know, everybody's having this huge expectation. It's almost like if you had a bunch of seeds in your hand and you threw it in your yard and all of a sudden you're expecting to have a, like a forest in your yard. It doesn't work that way. You know, each one of these ads, uh, in any time we have massive exposure like this, with anything, whether it be an asset or a product, it takes time for those things to develop. Just like planting a seed in the ground, it doesn't mean that the tree's not going to bloom uh, or, or, or grow, you know, germinate and, and pop through the soil and then grow, turn into a massive oak. But all it, it takes us, one, planting the seeds, and two, the most critical element, it takes patience. So we have to allow these seeds to, to you know, take root and grow. And I, I think it will actually have a huge impact over time. And we just need to be patient and let those things develop. No, I absolutely agree. I think it's hilarious when people think that something like an ad is supposed to happen exactly overnight. You realize how long it took you to get into cryptocurrency and to get to this point? You know how long it took you? How many times did you hear about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency before you ever bought into it? Like, you know, I have a very interesting story. I literally had only heard of Bitcoin once. Next time I heard it, I bought into it, but I am not the norm. Kelly, how many times did you heard of Bitcoin before you ever got into crypto? I, I Honestly, I think it was about the same. Uh, oh, really? I, I'm just a little pissed at myself because I, I got a little bit of a, a, an insurance deal from, a, from an accident years ago. Uh, in 2012, and I I, <laughs> I traded most of it away. It was very good uh, good oh. learning experience on penny stocks in 2012. And if you think about it, Bitcoin was already around, but I I, I had no knowledge of it, never even heard of it. But then uh, in 2016, heard about it from a friend, uh, looked into it for about a month, and then uh, I mean I, I basically put 50 to 60 percent of all my income in it for the next. I mean even still I'm 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 still DCA, and even though I even though I you know have built my own portfolio and trade on it. Still DCAing, baby. Good deal. Smay, how many times had you heard of Bitcoin before you got into it? Um, I heard about it uh, 
A little bit, actually. I heard about it for like things like Club Penguin. Oh yeah, uh, Club and stuff Penguin. like that. that. But like, I didn't really think anything of it. I was too young, guys. I'm a young kid. I'm really just a little kid. So you know, like <laughs> me hearing about it was me literally as a kid being like, oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, the point I'm making is that maybe it's not the case for us in this room, but for most people in cryptocurrency, they'll hear about something 10 or 15 times before they finally pull the trigger on it. Tell us in chat. Drop a number in chat. How many times have you heard of Bitcoin before you decided to actually get in to Bitcoin? Or are you still waiting to pull that trigger? Or are you still waiting to pull that trigger? Maybe we can give you a reason to pull that trigger. Go watch our series on why Bitcoin and why you should buy Bitcoin. That's on the channel. Guys, we're going to go ahead and throw it to Kelly. Before we do, I want to encourage you to smash that like button. We got 250 likes. Let's get to 500 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Really helps to support the channel here and all that we're doing. We're trying to bring you the highest quality technical and on-chain and fundamental analysis on YouTube with a little bit of humor and personality dashed in. So make sure you hit that like button. And if you're enjoying today's video, maybe share it with 10 friends. Maybe some of them will get value out of it. <laughs> Kelly, take it away. We got some headlines to look at. So, of course, we uh, price dropped a little bit this weekend. We had uh, the Super Bowl coming in, but we also have this emergency Fed meeting that's happening behind closed doors right now. Uh, it's, you know, it's also listed on, on their uh, on the website, the federalreserve.gov. Uh, but there's a lot of different things. Essentially, essentially, this is, I don't want to say a non-story, but this is a pure speculative story because nobody knows what their true intention is uh, going to come out of this, What like whether they're uh, meeting to uh, either delay or uh, expedite when they're going to raise rates, if they're uh, discussing a difference in how much they, they have previously planned now that these new CPI uh, reports came in. Uh, so that's that's going to be very interesting to see what comes out of that because with this, with this meeting, I don't believe they're going to be releasing a report like they did when they had the CPI uh, meeting last week. Uh, in addition to that, we can go right into the uh, this this deal here. Crypto miners are exempt from IRS reporting rules. Uh, the U.S. Treasury affirms. Now, this is going. This is very bullish uh, for the miners. Uh, the minor section of this uh, this crypto economy, because if you think about it, the entire market is built on the backs of the miners. It, it, the miners are what secure the hash rate. They, you know, they, they, uh, they, they approve and, and uh, confirm transactions. Uh, and so, uh, the fact that, that miners are now, I don't want to say they're not getting a free pass, but the, the regulation is starting to get more clear in, in the, the, you know, just the direction that the, all the things that they need to follow the rules, regulations is becoming much more clear, which makes it more, I don't want to say more attractive, but an easier road to pay when you're uh, talking about institutional investments. Uh, we're going to go over one or two more stories and we'll jump into a discussion about all these. Of course, we all know uh, we had massive uh, ads on the Super Bowl uh, yesterday. And with these ads, we had, I mean, we had Larry David, the, one of the, the writers of Seinfeld and also Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, LeBron James. Uh, my favorite was uh, the, the, the Larry David one with FTX. The Larry David one with FTX was hilarious. I, I love, that was so funny. But I love how they were pointing out this you know, it was like a lens on archaic thinking yeah. versus forward thinking. Very similar to the LeBron James uh, mm -hmm. ad where it's like he's talking to his younger self hey, and talking about being bold and like, you know, you have to do things, you have to do things boldly and, uh, yeah, just look to the future, not to the past. And then, of course, the QR code with Coinbase, which means Smay and yeah, I had I a, a we had a, we had an interesting uh, debate over it. He hated it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I actually even think that uh, the the fact that they crashed their website from this, whether that was on purpose or not, you know, it's gonna it, it's actually a good thing. Although it, it makes you question, you know, how reliable the business is, you know, if you're new. However, all it's doing is giving them more publicity because everybody's talking about it. But what what are your thoughts? Uh, what 
was your thoughts on the on the QR code there, Samay? I mean, I, I will say it did definitely get people's attention. My only thing about it is that I feel like I feel like it didn't really do much to advertise crypto as much as it, I mean, and that's the point. Yeah, that's it. it was point. a coin. It was a Coinbase ad, but it definitely gave Coinbase a lot of publicity. But it didn't really do much for the, which is why I like the FTX one. I mm -hmm. liked the other. Um, I hated the Etoro one. That one was horrible. But the uh, FTX one. I didn't and actually the, see the Etoro the, one. The what did Etoro Dude, I don't even. It was it was like a bunch of people flying around, and then they had a Shiba Inu in it. And it kind of looked like a pharmacy ad. Yeah, it looked like a like a like something. You gotta be like, careful because all of these things like, 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 like you're gonna have a heart attack. No, you know, it was just like they're like walk around. There's like things fly. I mean, it, it, it was, was an, it was, an, was there a really weird yeah. color grade on it, like most pharmacy no, ads? No. Uh, but anyways, anyways, to finish what I was saying, I, I I think the QR code definitely was like a meme, got a lot of people's attention, but like it, it doesn't it didn't make me want to invest in Bitcoin. It just made me think. Oh, look! Here's a giveaway. Let me do it. You know. Like, I will say the I will say the Coinbase ad was super freaking ballsy. Oh, Has it anybody is. ever done that with Super Bowl ad space? You know that's a six point five million dollars. I think. No, it's sorry, been, that would have been over ten million. No, six point five yeah, for thirty seconds, isn't it? That was a minute long ad. Anthony Pompliano, I think he said they spent something like fourteen million. I was going to say that it. would be fourteen million. I think it's been done before, and, and really? the, but not with a QR code because you notice actually what I thought was interesting this year is that the prevalency of people doing QR codes. There was actually like uh, some ads that weren't crypto ads, but like they would they would sneak in the QR code for their business on like a kid's shirt. I noticed that I was like, wow, that's so brilliant that they're huh. doing that now. They're hiding QR codes in the uh, in the the backgrounds and stuff. But no, in this case though, it's been done. It's not been done in a QR code sense, but I'm pretty sure there's been Super Bowl ads in the past where they just bought the ad space and just put nothing in it. Like I, I think there was like some I've, I've seen that before, and then they would like flash their logo or something later. Well, I, I just love that, that with the QR code. What like my sort of take on it is at first, it's kind of like if you ever watch Family Guy. Uh, South Park does it a bit too, but Family Guy how they'll they'll tell a joke and the joke's not funny, but then they they keep telling the joke for like six minutes, and by yeah. the end of it, it's super funny. And with the same thing with the QR code, <laughs> at first you're like, what the heck is this? And then after about <laughs> 15 seconds, you get a little irritated with it. After about 25 seconds, you're like, well, what what is this? And, you know, so it really drove that sort of uh, really that sort point. of dichotomy there. But then at the very end, they had as technologically uh, advanced, you know, crypto and blockchain is. And you have a business like at the forefront of all this with Coinbase. And at the very end of the ad, it cuts to like uh, something that looks like the end of a 1987, like commercial. I know. Where it goes, you know, it looked like an error. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, th I mean, I thought it was brilliant. You know, they're just uh, they're really making you think and, uh, and focus on it. So yeah, but and all of them, you know, all of them, uh, they had a different. I, I like that they all kind of attached or attacked a slightly different angle, uh, but I really, really did love the FTX one. And I, you the, know, and I didn't. The I didn't. James ones. The LeBron James one. The LeBron James one was great. That was fantastic. The FTX one. I thought I, I was watching. I was like, man, this is a long ad. How much money yeah. did they spend on this? But it was really good and it was hilarious too. What, what's his name? Uh, De uh, Larry, Larry David. David. Larry David. I, I will he is say hilarious. My I love problem him. with the LeBron James ad though is that they invested all the money in getting the slot and not making the ad look good. That's true. That LeBron was so fake looking it was yeah. horrible but it's an ad you know you can't expect like movie theater. wait it was fake LeBron it wasn't actually LeBron I wonder if it no, was the like, young kid LeBron was oh, it, was oh, it his right. son no no that was I, that I was, no it was like a, it was like a CG character oh gotcha. uh, I guess obviously you guys didn't notice it but it I, was, was I was cooking while, while all these things were on but <laughs> you know at the end of the day you know we have coming into this this weekend I think there's a, a lot of uh, excitement it's like a mix of excitement and trepidation because you have the excitement from the Super Bowl news and the exposure 
exposure that's going to happen. So some people are trading that while other people are aware of this Fed meeting that that's happening. So there's a little bit of a push pull and the bullish and bearish narrative and momentum uh, from all this. But at the end of the day, uh, the bearish momentum will always evaporate and the bullish momentum are seeds that are planted that will continue to grow. So that's that's what I'm taking out of all this. There you go. Well, good deal. Is that everything we got there? Or can we go ahead and move into our community or oh, is there anything oh, else? I did want to just uh, show this right here. Uh, this this is really nice. When I was pulling up news, I found this uh, article uh, that was quoting uh, something about Charles Hoskinson had said in an interview, and I clicked to see which interview it was, and uh, they quoted. Uh, Come find out, it's yeah, ours. Yeah. So, so oh, again, bad. great job, and I'm proud Exposure. of the team for pulling that together. Hey, man, I just sat there and listened. Charles is a freaking genius, and uh, I have a world of respect for him. I always have, and it's been it was a great pleasure. If Charles sees this, it was a great pleasure to have you on the channel. I look forward to having you on again. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that with some of the launches coming out. Can't give you any hints, but maybe we'll have him back. I'm not totally sure just yet, but we will find out. Thank you so very much to Charles Hoskinson and team for helping to bring all of that together. Let's go ahead and read one super chat. We got time for one super chat, and then we're going to move into some Bitcoin technical analysis. I cannot wait. One super chat. We got Robert Corey. Ooh, Robert Corey. Uh, cool five bucks. Uh, cool five bucks. Fundamental and technical uh, opinion on Link. Recently bought uh, around 17 bucks. Thanks, Robert. So, yeah, thank you, Robert. Thank you so uh, much. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I know Jeb and I both are huge proponents for, mm -hmm. for Link. It's such a, it's one of those, it's like, it's almost like it's not attractive sometimes to invest in like a garbage company, but you know, at the same time, gar everybody has garbage. It's not exciting to invest in infrastructure, <laughs> right? Because it's not a sec, but Link, I'm not saying it's a garbage company or a pipe company or a road, but it's, it, it's, it's so necessary and needed because it's an Oracle network by which all other like so many other projects utilize. Uh, and I mean, I think I think your entry point's great. I would just uh, buy and hold. What are your thoughts? No, I think it's fine to buy $17. I bought some chain link above $30 a while back that I am still hodling because I believe in the project. Like Kelly said, it's infrastructure. I've always said that one of the best investments you will ever make in cryptocurrency. In fact, I said this to Charles Hoskinson on the interview. I think I'm, it might've been. No, I'm sorry. That was in a different interview that I said that to someone. That interview will be coming out soon. We got a lot of cool interviews coming out soon. You're not going to want to miss the next one. Anyway, I talked about in an interview that's coming out soon about how you can invest in the, th the protocols that are built on top of the platform, such as you can invest in the ADAX built on top of ADA, or you can invest in, a, I don't know, a, one of the swaps, you know, Sushi Swap, Sunday Swap, whatever that's built on top of an Ethereum, or you can just invest in Ethereum, or you can just invest in Cardano, or you can just invest in Bitcoin, the layer ones, because they are the infrastructure that everything's built on top of. So my opinion has always been invest in the infrastructure first, then invest in the thing built on top of it. That's why people make billions and billions and billions of dollars buying real estate, because if you want to run a business, it has to take place in a business somewhere. If you've got to have a building that your business is going to operate out of somewhere, you're going to have headquarters. If you work if you work from home, you're working from that house. So people invest in real estate because the underlying support infrastructure that allows for businesses to take place. The point I'm making here is that the reason I like Chainlink is exactly what he just said. It's infrastructure. It might not be the flashiest, sexiest thing in the world, but it allows decentralized exchanges and all kinds of other um, uh, layer twos to be built on top of it. Without Chainlink, they wouldn't be possible or it would be much harder to run them anyway because Chainlink specializes in pulling um, uh, off-chain data on-chain in a reliable way, which is a very, very important deal. Guys, go ahead and smash that like button. Let's see if we can get to 750 likes here in the next couple of minutes. And we're going to go ahead and jump on to Bitcoin. As you guys know, 
Bitcoin has had a very interesting weekend. Back on the 10th of February, a few days before the weekend started, Bitcoin rallied all the way up to 50, uh, for, excuse me, $45,800. That is a very substantial and significant level because if we take a look here at Bitcoin's history, we can see that that's actually the level of support that Bitcoin was utilizing back here between December the 4th and January the 4th. For one month straight, Bitcoin used this level as support. We ran up to it and tested it, double topped on it, and we rejected. Now, my slight concern here about Bitcoin's current price is that this double top with a slightly higher second top, you see how this second top was slightly higher? That looks a whole lot like what we saw happen in October, where we saw one top and a second top in November that was slightly higher, and we pushed to the downside. Now, I'm not saying that we're going through the exact same process here as we did here, but I will also mention how we rallied very quickly in both of these and how we had some slight uh, upwards movement right here, and the same thing happened right uh, here. I can show you that right there. So the concern I have on Bitcoin is I don't want it to follow a fractal of what we saw happen in October and November. I want to see Bitcoin continue. And if it's going to do that, then we're going to show you how it's going to do that in this stream. But briefly, I want to talk to you about a couple of other things too, because unfortunately, guys, there is some bearish RSI divergence that is formed. I'm going to go ahead and take off these lines right here, and I will show you there's an uptrending level of resistance right there. There is a downtrending level of resistance right there on the four-hourly chart RSI. That is definitely concerning to me. I'm not going to lie. But what I will say is that you could argue that that bearish RSI divergence has already played out. And in fact, this bullish RSI divergence that you can see right here is actually what matters now. So yes, I am a little bit concerned about this bearish RSI div, but truth be told, this is actually the more recent RSI divergence. And one of the rules of thumb on RSI divergence is be careful about looking back at two, three, four uh, example old RSI divergences. Make sure you look primarily at the most recent, most recent divergence on the four hourly chart is bullish. So that much is a good sign. Now, I also want to establish some other levels of support and resistance here for us. As you guys know, I am looking at support and resistance, uh, and I'm looking at a support zone between 40 and $42,000. That zone is crucial because it is in that zone where Bitcoin has uh, tested many, many times. In fact, that was the all-time high level that Bitcoin set back on January the 7th of 2021. We also use it as resistance here on February the 8th, resistance here doubly on on, February, on May 25th and on June 16th. Then we also saw resistance on it here in late July, support on it here in late September. And we also saw support on it here in early December and also here in early January. Forty dollars to $42,000 is a crucial level and zone of support. Right now, it looks like Bitcoin is maintaining that. Here's the concern. This market right now almost looks like it's forming a head and shoulders pattern right there. I will not call this a head and shoulders pattern because it is frankly not a very well established one if it is. But if enough of the market perceives this as a head and shoulders pattern, it could lead us to a resistance. Uh, it could lead us to a drop down to $37,000, which would actually put us right on top of this uptrending level of support. So that is a bearish scenario. Let me make this clear. I'm not saying that I believe that this is what's going to happen, but this is very much in the cards. That being said, there is actually a bullish scenario as well. And that is a head and shoulders pattern too, except in this case, it is a bullish inverse head and shoulders pattern. You can see there's a left shoulder going back to early January. We have a head that started in late January and moved into early February. And then we see our right shoulder forming right now. If we pull back down to $40,000, $40,500 and bounce and rally, then we will not necessarily be forming a bearish head and shoulders 
we will be forming a bullish inverse head and shoulders. And that has the potential to cause us to rally quite a bit. If we see Bitcoin break to the upside from a bullish inverse head and shoulders pattern like this, that would give us a price target of $64,000. So I have several other things that I want to show you guys here on the chart. But briefly, I want to bring Kelly in. Kelly, what are your thoughts on that? Are we going to see that smaller, shorter term inverse head, uh, excuse me, head and shoulders pattern play out and push us down to $38,000 and maybe lower? Or are we going to hold the forty dollars to $42,000 zone, form an inverse head and shoulders pattern, and start rallying up back towards all-time high. You know, I'm a little torn right now because it, much like we've been saying, like I was saying last week, I, I, I still feel like there's something that may drive the price down. But when I'm looking, if you're looking at my chart here, I'm not sure if Smay's on my deal. Uh, if I'm looking here at Market Cypher on the 10-hour, we got a green dot momentum coming up. This VWAP, you can see VWAP is coming up quite nicely. Uh, uh, RSI is coming up. Money flow is still quite positive. This is on the 10-hour, which is it. So now I'm going to look for that to go into the 12-hour and daily, but same thing coming here on the on the four hour. You got the VWAP shot up uh, quite quite strong, momentum coming up very strong, and then in addition to all this, the underlying metrics are just so beyond and beyond incredible. Like looking at the hash rate, we've got all time high on the Bitcoin hash rate, which is incredibly important because when you talk about hash rate, uh, rising hash rate is rather bullish signal indicating that the miners are increasingly willing to deploy long term capital into Bitcoin infrastructure. Really good point. So that is. That is incredible. And uh, taking it, you know, this is all looking into Glassnode, which has so many different uh, awesome features with all these different uh, addresses and stuff. And I, I really, really love uh, Glassnode. I've been I've been really diving into it the last week. But even looking right here, you know, regardless of even the downtrend, we have all these, uh, the number of accumulating addresses. Okay, this is addresses that are uh, continually to, to, to add to what's it, what they're storing in their wallets. So this is just going up this entire way. Uh, the uh, the last thing I wanted to show here is uh, I went in and I made a, on my Twitter, I released this as well, but I went in and made this uh, this uh, chart within Glassnode. They have something called a workbench, which essentially allows you to put together different formulas and stuff, uh, which I, I basically put customize this deal uh, in it. it it, this blue oscillating line basically shows the momentum of price action moving towards or away from the realized price value. So uh, when you cross, when the price crosses above this red line here, it shows that there's a, there t there's going to be some momentum going in that direction, either to the upside or coming down to the downside. As you can see, with each each one of these peaks, you end up having a positive price action going for quite a while. And again, you know, with these bands I've created, these are just fib extensions uh, from the real price value uh, and and we're so like right in the middle of where we're at price price wise it looks so indecisive but there's so much bullish uh, underlying power just holding it you know all we need is that that one last little domino to fall we don't know if it's going to be this uh, today a week or a month from now we might still have downside price action but the bulls are just sitting there in their pens just ready to be released right now so do we get the downside action I think if we do it's going to be brief but I really think we're going to be exploding out of this very soon. I think the part that you mentioned there about the hash rate is really important because you guys have to realize hash rate doesn't go up on its own. Hash rate goes up as a result of miners making a conscious decision to turn more machines online. And if those machines are either not profitable or the miner doesn't believe that they're going to be profitable in the next six to 12 months, they're not going to turn them on. What is the hash rate at right now? I don't have it up. Let me go ahead and pull up the hash rate on Bitcoin because it is at an all-time high. Let me go ahead and grab blockchain.com hash rate. Boom, guys, it's sitting up here at 200 million terahash. That's the first time in, in 
human history that we have seen Terra uh, that we have seen the hash rate this high. If you look at the last three years, hopefully you are able to see that on my screen. I'll go ahead and zoom in a little bit. If not, then you uh, might have to zoom it out. If, if you if you go, go on my if you go on my screen, I have it pulled up and zoomed in on Glassnode. Yeah, go ahead and pull it it's, up and uh, zoom it's in on right, Glassnode. Two hundred and forty-eight. I don't even know what we, that number is. It's Terra hat, a million Terra hat or. 248 million. Two, two, mine says uh, mean hash rate. Oh, the mean hash rate. Okay, yeah, gotcha. The point is, though, we hit all-time high on hash rate. We double-topped on all-time high on December the 8th of 2021. Over the last two months, we've gone to all-time highs despite being almost half the price of what we have seen Bitcoin doing more recently uh, back when we were at sixty or $70,000. So what does that mean, Kelly? Does that mean that the miners are looking like uh, Bitcoin is going to rally in the next six to 12 months? Because a lot of those miners are probably not in profit right now, right? Well, well, here's the deal. There's so many miners that are the, the, the major player uh, mining uh, uh, conglomerates as they are now because they're buying up, they're, they're making money and buying up uh, other smaller miners and making these larger and larger, essentially, mining institutions uh, on their own. And uh, th most of them are publicly traded now. And if Bitcoin is such a good investment and, and they're doing mining, which is mining Bitcoin, then they've also removed a lot of the selling pressure that miners have had historically uh, in market swings. Uh, you know, I remember last year we had a, a bunch of stuff with F2 pool, uh, crypto, yep. uh, cryptos RS, George pointed out, and there was, that was driving a lot of the downward price action. But now a lot of these institu institutional, essentially crypto mining companies, they're publicly traded. So it makes sense for them to hold on to the Bitcoin because Bitcoin is going to be going up and they also have funding because they're publicly traded. Yep. So they're incentivized to hold Bitcoin and they're spending more time and energy to secure the hash rate. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's one of the most bullish things in Bitcoin. It is. Right and, and, and by the way, here's the other thing, guys. You might say, okay, well, the, ta the hash rate is at an all-time high, but the difficulty must not be that high because the price is down and it should have adjusted it down. The network difficulty on Bitcoin hit an all-time high May uh, during the two-week period because the network difficulty automatically adjusts based on network demand every two weeks. It was sitting at two, uh, $25 trillion. Right now, it's sitting at $26.691 trillion in February. So the network difficulty is also at an all-time high. So the mining ecosystem is absolutely blowing it out of the water right now. So let's go ahead and look at the chart and let's update some of the confirmations that I've talked about for Bitcoin going into a major rally. Now, what I said almost three weeks ago now, I said that if Bitcoin does these four things confidently, that keyword there is confidently, then I believe that in the next three to six months that we will go back to sixty-five dollars to $69,000, i.e. all-time high. Number one, I want to see Bitcoin get above and stay above $42,000 for seven to 10 days. So far, we have been above and stayed above $42,000 for eight days. Phenomenal. If we drop back below $42,000 and start closing daily candlesticks down there, then that timer resets. I want it to stay up there. The next thing I talked about was Lux Algo. If Lux Algo has a buy signal, that is confirmed, then I'm going to want to see that take place for seven to 10 days. It has now been 10 days. So I am fully confirmed from Lux Algo's standpoint. We are obviously bullish on the trend on the Lux Oscillator. I'm not going to bring it up right now, but it is down there. I also say, and by the way, if you like Lux Algo, which you should definitely get it, make sure you check the link in the description box down below. We have a 20% off coupon code that you guys can use. I also said that I want to see RSI on the three daily chart stay above the seven, to uh, stay above the 14 interval moving average for seven to 10 days. It has now been above that for 12 days. That is phenomenal. And on top of that, I said that I want to see MACD on the three daily chart stay bullish for seven to 10 days. It's currently been bullish for between six to nine days. So the confirmations that I talked about are all there or they're going to be there in the next two days. Here's the issue. That word confident. Kelly, do you believe that the market is confidently in a rally right now? 
I do not believe the market is confident. I, th I feel like it's still there. There's very bullish people and still a lot of skepticism, especially with the Fed meeting today, because uh, every I mean, it's, it's just stirring up this uh, this this sense of indecision. And uh, uh, I think I, I think it's going to still take a little bit of time to we're going to have to make some headway before we actually get that confidence. And we have to we have to watch out even as that confidence comes in at those levels, you know, the 45, uh, 45 K level, the 48 K level, uh, 52 K level. We have a lot of of ceilings that we need to break through before we truly get this trend reversal underway. So talking about the trend reversal, I think that once we see Bitcoin breaking above $46,000, pushing up to $52,000, some things are going to happen. Namely, you're going to see the retail start coming back in. So remember that four investor matrix that I talked about. You have the retail trader inside of cryptocurrency. Those are people that are trading with, let's just call it less than a million bucks. Then you have the institutional trader inside of crypto. So that's talking about whales and institutions like a Coinbase, a crypto.com, you know, uh, any kind of whale that has multi-million dollar cryptocurrency portfolio, let's call those whales. Those are the other category of people that invest in crypto. Then we have the retail that is not in crypto. They just got exposed in a big way to cryptocurrency. They're probably not going to just jump in the space in the next two days. It might take them two or three months, but a lot of them just got exposure to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency through the Super Bowl ads. So we made a lot of headway in that part of the quadrant. Then we're also looking at the institutions outside of crypto. The institutions outside of crypto are going to be the major driving force behind the rally all the way back up to $100,000, all the way to $100,000, which I do believe will happen in the next 12 to 24 months. Why? The institutions outside of crypto are the largest by far of those four um, different types of investors. You have retail in crypto, retail out of crypto, institution in crypto, institution out of crypto. The institutions outside of crypto are managing over $100 trillion worth of funds. Crypto right now is barely worth $2 trillion. We could 10x the market from the institution side without batting an eye. There's plenty of money sitting on the sidelines. We know that much. What we need to do is we need to figure out how are we going to get all of those people to start demanding Bitcoin. As we've talked about, the long-term supply value of Bitcoin, the long-term supply ratio of Bitcoin is very, very low. Not many people are holding Bitcoin for a short amount of time. Everybody is hodling Bitcoin. In fact, it's sitting around all-time high regions right now of people that have been holding Bitcoin for over 155 days. Speaking of on-chain, the number of non-zero wallets on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, all of these cryptocurrencies are continuing to hit new all-time highs. The fundamentals are phenomenal. Here's the deal. When Bitcoin starts to have a confident uptrend, not just an uptrend that's confirmed by technicals that are either a yes or a no, but confidence, as in the sentiment is strong. Once we see that, we will see the retail start jumping into Bitcoin because they're going to FOMO into it, which I don't condone FOMO, but it's just a fact of life. And then we're going to see the institutions jump in because they realize their user base and their clients are getting into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and they want to serve their clients and their customers because when they do, they make money. So all of this ties back to a price. What price then, Kelly, do you think we're going to start seeing the retail and the institutions that are outside of crypto start coming into crypto? I honestly believe it's going to be a little bit of a, it's kind of like a, when, when you have a tsunami uh, and the water pulls out a bit, this is, we're essentially, that's what we're under, under seeing right now. We're, we're seeing the price pull back while the, the waves, the, the water, the, the body that's going to be coming in and, and flooding is uh, basically gathering strength mm -hmm. right now. And so I think until, I think those numbers that I said before, you know, on my chart here, this 44 to 45 K level, this uh, 51 to the 53k level uh and then once we get up and like I, I i really think once we get above the 52 to 53k level uh it's going to be imperative and crucial that the that the, we 
start getting that wave of retail uh, FOMO to start because we're going to need a lot of power, I think, to break between that and then uh, actually break the the new the to have a new all time high and and to continue because the this is such a big ship that needs to move. This is not even a ship. It's like it's like a string of of cargo ships and, and trains and like it's like the whole world we have to move within Bitcoin, right? And so especially once we get once we get above sixty eight thousand dollars, that is an enti- that's an immense amount of monetary energy that we're going to need to take uh, to have a parabola from there. So I really think uh, I really I really hope uh, it starts to come in after about the I would say fifty five k level. And I think it will. Let me just go ahead and show you something on our chart. There is a there is a functionality up here that is called I believe it's right here. I haven't used this in a while. They've changed it around a little bit. It's called bar replay. It's this little rewind button right here. What I want to do is I just want to go ahead and rewind a little bit to right here. August the 3rd of 2021. What did we see? We saw Bitcoin was in a downtrend. We had been in a downtrend ever since April 14th. Uh, April 14th, we'd been in a downtrend for over 110 days. Bitcoin had seen a small rally. It seemed like it had bounced. We'd seen a new local high be set. Our local high back then was 41,300. At this point, it was 42,400. So Bitcoin was in a rally, but there were several days of downtrend here. And we had seen that things like Lux Algo were, uh, you know, starting to be in a little bit of danger. We'd hit our reversal zone. We had started to see at this point, things like the MACD were converging on itself. RSI was pulling to the downside. We were worried at this time on August the 2nd that Bitcoin was going through a small correction and that we were not going to actually see the rally. What ended up happening is we found out when we replay the chart, that the market was not actually continuing to the downside. It was just having a small retracement. If you use Elliott waves, which people have been talking about this in chat, if you use Elliott waves, you'll see that all this is is the second wave of a correction before we go into a rally. One, two, three, four, five. This is just the first of two major corrective waves that can happen in a primary uptrend. So how does that apply to the market that we're in right now? Just like how we saw a small correction over here that lasted four days. Hell, this correction could have lasted three weeks and it would have been okay. We're seeing a similar thing happen right now. We're seeing that we've gone into a rally. We've rallied quite substantially. We've set a new local high. You can see we did have a high at $44,500. we have set a new high at $46,000. We're in our second wave. What we may end up seeing is something to this effect, where we see a small correction right here, followed by a bigger rally. In the moment, when you see a small correction like this that's been going on for four or five days, it can be very scary. In fact, we saw the same thing happen over here. We saw that we dropped the day that El Salvador formally adopted Bitcoin and the Shiva wallet went online on September the 7th. Actually, I think it was September the 6th. It was September the 6th, we saw this correction lasted three weeks. This was very concerning. We were saying, what the heck? What the heck, Bitcoin? We're supposed to be going back to all-time high. What gives? Well, we did, but we just needed to have patience. I encourage you, whenever you're looking at the chart and you're like, oh my goodness, we're in a rally, but we're having this small correction, just take this ball replay and just do this. How sad does the market look right now? How sad does this look? I mean, really, you're seeing, okay, we rallied all the way up to $65,000. We tested up to $53,000. We're going into a correction. We must be going into a bear market. That must be what's happening here. Oh, no. Well, here's the deal. If you play it forward, you realize that Bitcoin is up and to the right for all of human history, and it will continue to do so so long as it remains the number one way to store value into the distant future. Charles Hoskinson talked about this in our interview. CPI data saying we have 7% inflation is a joke. We're seeing more like 20 percent inflation year over year right now. One of the things he said in the interview, and you guys have to watch this if you haven't already, he said it's a joke to buy bonds unless you're getting junk bond yields because they don't pay enough to cover inflation. You go get 8% in the stock market and you're not keeping up with inflation because 7.5% is a lie. I'm sorry, federal government, but it's worse than that. You can't double the supply of a currency and only have 7.5% inflation. That's not the way supply and demand economics work. What is Bitcoin? It is the first solution in human history to that problem that we are able to transact internationally with little to no effort 
Unlike gold, which you got to put on a boat and send around the world if you want to transact with it, Bitcoin is the first and most viable and largest solution to that problem. I would argue that other projects like Ethereum and Cardano are as well with their deflationary mechanics. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are the future. It is that simple. Kelly, I would love your thoughts on that. Do we just need to have a little bit of when in doubt, zoom out? And also when in doubt, just remember that corrections are normal in a time like this. Abs- I mean, of, of course, <laughs> I caught myself almost did it mm. again. Uh, yeah, That's I great. think I think uh, we, we really just need to remember that we, it's so exciting to be a, a, a involved in this market in this time frame, you know, where we're 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 part of something that's going to basically not going to it is starting to already revolutionize. Uh, I mean, the, not only the digital economy, but the not monetary economy, but even society and culture. You know, it's changing how we interact with one another and how we can uh, not only, you know, trade money, but art. Uh, I, I mean, everything. Right. Uh, and so we're so zoomed in on these charts that it's 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 scary to see these giant swings. But when you zoom out, like, you know, if you zoom out on 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 a trend, I'm, I'm not on the BLX, but uh, uh, essentially you'll you'll see that all we are is we're just having small little dips along the way. And so at the end of the day, if, if you're feeling uh, very worried about a price action, uh, one be more patient and hold or two, really reassess what your risk management system is. Maybe, maybe you're too exposed. Maybe you have too much involved in a market where, you know, if you're not able to pay rent, uh, you shouldn't be trying to leverage, you know, your, your trades, uh, with all the money you have available so that then you can, you know, because then when it goes opposite direction, you can't pay rent. So we really don't advise that. So really just zoom out, like look at hold. If, if, if it's below where your entry is, just hold because you can see historically, hundred percent of the time, it will be above that uh, fairly soon. <laughs> yeah. No, in, in all of Bitcoin's history, if you wait three years, you were in profit. I think that I think that's been true literally every single day of Bitcoin's entire history. And the other thing you got to keep in mind, and I'll say this finally, and then we'll go on to our super chats and check in with the community and everything, is that when Bitcoin was trading at $65,000 back in April, that's like Bitcoin trading at $75,000 right now because of inflation. So as inflation occurs, you got to realize we're looking at a Bitcoin over US dollar chart, but but the US dollar is not stable. The US dollar is losing value. So if Bitcoin trades sideways, it's actually keeping ahead of of the US dollar because of the way that inflation works. So the fact is, when we're sitting at $42,000 now compared to when we were sitting at $42,000 in January, not only are we undervalued because the fundamentals are so far ahead of $42,000, we're also undervalued because the US dollar has lost its value. You got to realize the comparative that we're looking at changes. That's why we know that very, very well when we look at something like an ADA over BTC. We look at ADA over Bitcoin, and we know, okay, Bitcoin changes so much, so the ADA over Bitcoin chart looks significantly different than the ADA over U.S. dollar chart. Same with Ethereum versus Ethereum over Ethereum over U.S. dollars versus Ethereum over BTC. This is ETH over USD. We look at ETH over BTC. Completely different chart. We have to remember that the U.S. dollar is not stable. If you look at the Dixie, which is the dollar currency index, this is not exactly a do- this is not exactly just the value of the dollar going up and down, but this kind of shows you the volatility in the dollar. It's not small. There is a lot of volatility in the dollar. People talk about the volatility of the of the of Bitcoin and forget that the US dollar is incredibly volatile, especially in the last two years. This cannot keep going on. And it won't. There will be a solution that people will turn to. It always happens. Whenever a currency begins to get hyperinflated, which unfortunately it seems like the US dollar is starting to go down that route slowly but surely. People will look for a better alternative. They always do. 
there is always a better alternative in the market. It's been gold and silver for a very long time, but now it's Bitcoin, and we're going to see that lead to a massive resurgence in price action. With that said, let's go ahead and read some super chats and check in with the community. If you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We stand for humility and integrity, and we want to help you achieve financial sovereignty. We want to see you live a purpose-driven life. We want to see you be successful in cryptocurrency, and we firmly believe that the best way that you can do that is by investing in your education. That's why we launched the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy almost four years ago now. If you guys want to sign up for CT2A before you do, go over to our Google reviews and check out all 67 reviews over on Google. I believe all but three of them are five stars, and those that are not five star are four stars. So everybody who has reviewed CT2A absolutely loves it. Drop a one in chat if you love the Academy. It's where I teach you everything that I know about technical analysis so that you can read the price action charts just the way that we are so that you can go out and make the most profit in cryptocurrency. Any investment in your education in the uh, in the realm of cryptocurrency and whatever your business is is going to bring you dividends. Tell me in chat how much money have you made because you invested in CT2A. How, how much has that helped you to make money in cryptocurrency for all of our alumni? Tell me that, and let's go ahead and check in with the chat. All righty, we got Ryan Neese. Healthy correction, inverse head and shoulders in play, TA. What chart time frame do you consider for confirming on retest for support resistance with patterns? It depends on what support retest you're talking about, what support level you're talking about, what pattern you're talking about. If you're talking about the inverse head and shoulders pattern, I'd be looking anywhere between the four hour and the daily chart. I would mainly be looking at the daily chart though because I wanna see where those daily chart candles close. I'm okay if Bitcoin closes a daily candlestick at $41,000. I won't consider that an invalidation of my confirmation of 42, being above it for seven to 10 days. I would look at the daily chart. The thing about patterns, is that patterns don't patterns are not actually affected by the time frame. Um, indicators are because indicators do math with the, with uh, the way the candlesticks are set up. But patterns, you really just kind of look at the pattern with as much resolution as you can without having so much resolution that you overload your chart. So, I would look out on the daily chart. But there's, I mean, theoretically, you could look at this inverse head and shoulders pattern that's been forming for a month and a half on the minute chart if you have a big enough monitor. Nothing to stop you from doing that. Uh, all right, we got Andrew Andrew Serrano. Thoughts on emergency Fed meeting day? Do you think they will start? Rate hikes. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about. That the it's such a speculative thing right now. It's really everybody's speculating about what they're even meeting about. Are they are gonna, are they going to change the date that they're going to raise hikes? Are they going to raise uh, you know more basis points or, or less? I mean, of course, I, I think it's probably going to be more. But what, what are you thinking they're going to do with that, uh, Jeb? And I'm I, curious what uh, Smay's got. What, what he's thinking about this as yeah, well. Yeah, I think they're going to kick the can down the road again. To be honest with you, I don't think. The, see, the thing is, the Fed realizes how much trouble the economy is in, and they're shaking in their boots because if it gets bad, everybody's going to point the finger right at them. And quite frankly, it is kind of their fault. It's not totally their fault. The system's been rigged and broken for almost 100 years. I'm not blaming fully the people that are at the Fed. But the fact is, the dollar, the, the supply of the dollar has basically more than doubled over the last two years. That is a huge problem, and they are scared. There is fear. They can say whatever they want on television. They can look as confident as they want on television. I guarantee you, the people at the Fed are terrified right now because they're scared that they're going to get the blame. And frankly, where else do you want to put the blame of all the inflation? The thing is, the economy is jacked up and they're hopefully trying to fix it. I do believe the people at the Fed genuinely want to see the currency stabilize. I genuinely believe they want to see the U.S. dollar be stable. I genuinely believe a lot of the people at the Fed want to see families be secure in their dollars. I am not saying that they are doing this maliciously. I'm not. I am not in any way trying to put malice where I can put stupidity and a broken system as the fault. What I am saying, though, is that I don't think the people at the Fed have the balls to do what it takes to actually fix what is happening to the U.S. dollar. And the reason that I say that is because what it would take to slow down inflation is a major rate hike. It would take 
stopping all QE right now, not printing any more dollars for a decade and letting this thing calm itself down, we would have to go into probably a two-year-long recession. We would probably collapse the economy in a way that it would take us five or ten years to recover from. But frankly, I'm not an economist. I am not an expert on monetary policy. I don't claim to know how to fix this problem, but I can say it's a problem and I can say it's going to require a drastic solution that I don't think a bunch of politicians are capable of making because they don't want to get egg on their face. And before you say the Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government, I am aware that it is a mixture of private and public. I understand the way that it was all set up with the Bretton Woods agreement and everything, or not the, excuse me, not the Bretton Woods agreement and everything, but the way that it was set up, I get that they're not exactly politicians, but they are the public eye and they are working with politics, so we'll call them that. All right, we got it. What, well, hang on real oh, quick. Yes. What is Smay's thought on that? What do you think is going to happen with the Fed meeting? Do, what do you think about these politicians and 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 the you know the uh, the interest rates and rate hikes and quantitative easing and and the inflation? Do you think that these politicians genuinely have the best interest of the American people at heart? No. <laughs> and I'll tell you this much. This is why cryptocurrency is so important because, guys, this is the whole the the horrible thing about what we've set up now is in the way that everybody, every time somebody takes over a mess, right? And, and, and like what you just described, Jeb, yeah, it's not necessarily their fault, the people who came in. It's like the system was broken when they came in and took their, their seats in their offices, right? The problem is, at this point, you know you're not going to be there. You know, you're there for as long as you're there. So you're just saying, let me just, you know, get what Ride I can out. out of this and then wash my hands of it and I'll be done. You know what I mean? And then let the next guy deal with it. There's, there's not an incentive to try to make sure that we get this fixed for the people because you know at this point it's just hey I'll let the, I'll let the next guy deal with it yeah. and then I'll let the next guy deal with it and I'll let the next guy deal with it and then and soon enough you at. have the total collapse of the dollar and then you <laughs> see the US government lose its power over its currency and then you see a, a complete new restructuring of the way the world works because because the US because the United States doesn't have world reserve currency status anymore that's where we're going in the next 10 to 15 years just so you know I'm not trying to scare you but if we don't get a handle on this the U.S. government is probably going to lose world reserve currency status, and if that happens, the U.S. all of a sudden stops being as much of a superpower and dominant on the world stage as it is, and that changes the geopolitical landscape in a way that we have not seen since the fall of the Soviet Union. That was 30 years ago, 31 years ago. That will be a major turning point in human history, and that's scary because the United States having global dominance in every single way is one of the reasons that we have such a stable world right now because we have had a stable superpower. Now, you might not agree with the way the United States has operated. I fully don't. Believe me, there's plenty of things that the United States has done that I am not in support of. I am not saying that it's the best system in the world, but it is stable. And that's something Charles talked about, about the de-dollarization of the, of, the, of, the, of the world. It's going to be a heat death. It's not going to happen all at once, but it will happen. And when it does, we're going to have to pay very close attention to how those chips are falling because it could be very good or it could be very bad. We will see. Well, let's uh, run through. We got a, a couple more super chats, and we're going to jump in and do some Ethereum and some altcoins. So we got a Crypto Vantage said, "Thanks for keeping us all well informed, Jeb. Appreciate all that you do for us." And I will second that. I, I, I appreciate and and love you too, my man. Love you too, man. Uh, Thank you so much, Kelly. Of course, and that that's a, a parlayed through uh, Crypto Vantage. Yeah, thank uh, you so much, Crypto Vantage. So Justin Jones with big uh, with, with Bitcoin recovering from thirty three k is a textbook running Elliott Wave playing out. Uh, last was it last year mm -hmm. of Bitcoin looks eerily similar to historic S and P two thousand two thousand seven two thousand nine. Yes. Then rally on the last leg of the wave. Yes. 
Yes, no, I talked about that about a month or so ago, how the, the way that Bitcoin looks right now actually looks very similar to what the stock market looked like back in the early 2000s. We had a double top. Let me just go ahead and go out to the weekly chart here, and I'll show you this. It wasn't necessarily 2006 and 7 and everything, but it was the early 2000s. We saw the dot-com bubble uh, leading us up to oh, not, uh, to you know uh, 2000 knot, and then we saw uh, the S&P go up to 160 points. We double-topped up there in 2007 at 160 points. Then we had a major correction, a major fall-off, but then we saw the biggest bull market in the history of mankind happen during the stock market after 2008 as a result of um, perverse monetary policy. That's what I'll call it. Rallied 600%. I think we're going to see something similar happen in Bitcoin, but this time it's not going to be per- because of perverse monetary policy. It is instead going to be because of Bitcoin's solid monetary policy that we're going to see that occur. So yeah, I do actually see a lot of parallels there. And I think you're going to see the Bitcoin market move in a very similar way that you saw the stock market move, where we have this small correction. I don't think this correction is going to be lower than the previous, like it was in the stock market during the, in the mid-2000s. But I do think we're going to see a gigantic rally. I absolutely do agree with that. All right, so we got two more. I'll go through them quite quickly here. We got uh, Jay Best Entertainment said, could you talk, uh, uh, what is, oh, could you talk about the main goal, uh, AVAX? attempts to achieve it it uh it had a very aggressive rally to get this uh current rank but seems to be a competitor of dot well i I can tell you straight up in terms of if you're talking about competing like for level of market rank uh market cap then maybe but in terms of uh what their use cases is avax and dot are very uh they're very different dots more interoperability uh between chains and and uh it's almost like uh it's almost like an atom of 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 this, uh, the smart, uh, what do you call it? Binance smart, Binance smart chain. Yeah, there you go. And then you got AVAX, which is a layer one solution that basically it's like a multi chain within itself because they divide all their transactions based on what they are. Uh, so you don't get uh, you know, congestion on the network and it's basically infinitely scalable just by launching new nodes. Uh, uh, so that's, that's the story there. And then Tom Wilkes said, won't say exactly how much I've made as an alum, but I did just buy a new place on the golf course. Whoa! I credit the information I've gleaned from CT2A and this stream stream for helping me do so. Talk about some financial sovereignty, man. Good for you, Tom Wilkes. By the way, it was a pleasure meeting you down in the North American Bitcoin Conference, and it was really funny when you called out Shannon for not getting a new phone. Guys, we love our members. We love our entire community. I love meeting all of you guys down there. Tom Wilkes was in our members-only Q&A. Shannon, our chief marketing officer, is always losing his phone. So I told everybody in the members stream, if you're going to be at TNABC 2022, North American Bitcoin Conference, if you see Shannon, walk up to him and tell him, Shannon, you need to get a new phone. And Tom Wilkes uh, did it. I entered, I, I walked up, we saw, and I met Tom Wilkes in person. He walked up to Shannon. He said, Shannon, you need to get a new phone. I forgot what he was saying at first, but it was so funny. I laughed my butt off. It was hilarious. Guys, that's what education does for you. You know why doctors make $400,000 a year. It's because they know something on an intimate level that no one else does. It's not because of their fancy degree. Their fancy degree just proves that they know something on a deep and intimate level that no one else does. They are able to make $400,000 a year because they have a very unique skill that is very hard to replicate. The same thing is true for cryptocurrency. The more skilled you are in cryptocurrency, the more money that you can make. It is that simple. That is the way it works. So when you want to make a lot of money in cryptocurrency, the gate and key is, has always been, and will always be education. I encourage you to take the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, which I can show you right here on my screen. We've got almost 60 videos in here teaching you everything you need to know about technical analysis. We start in the basics. I have a 35-minute video explaining how to use TradingView. I know this can be a complicated software. I break it all down for you so that you know exactly how to use it. In fact, that's a free video. 
you don't even have to sign up for CT2A to get that video. Go ahead and click preview and you can see what the course is like. Then we also have all of our technical indicators over here. RSI, RSI Divergence, MACD, Bollinger Bands, Trend Lines, Wedges and Pennants, Head and Shoulders Patterns, all of this stuff. We actually have a bunch of new videos that we just put in here a couple days ago on historical analysis, on VPVR, TD Sequential, Stock to Flow, Hash Ribbons, Short and Long Term Technical Analysis. There's so much in here. I talk about how to actually use CT2A and I encourage you to go ahead and check out the reviews over here if you would like to sign up for it and make the best investment you will ever make, which is one in yourself. It's better than Bitcoin. It's better than Ethereum. It's better than Cardano because if you don't know how to read those markets, you'll never be able to profit in them. So I encourage you to sign up and invest in your education. We have a 30-day money-back refund guarantee if you decide it is not for you. With that said, though, let's go ahead and jump into Ethereum. We're going to look at some ETH TA here briefly, and then we're going to move on to Cardano, Crow, and FTX. Right now, Ethereum is in a rally and has been for a couple of days. It's in a very similar position on Bitcoin. As I said, I'm going to move quickly through Ethereum because it looks virtually identical to Bitcoin at the moment. There is one striking difference, though, and that is that its inverse head and shoulders pattern is actually a little bit lopsided. Bitcoin's is actually pretty even. We have similar highs right here, around $44,500 and then about $45,000. ETH, on the other hand, does not look quite like that. Instead, Ethereum has a slight downtrend right here. I'm just going to go ahead and delete everything off the chart. has a slight downtrend right here for its neckline and then a slight downtrend here for its shoulder line. But I will say that this is a head and shoulders pattern, and this head and shoulders pattern does have a price target that we can measure. I'll go ahead and use a conservative price target and use a candle body down here. A conservative price target for this is $4,000. If we make this more realistic in the way that I would normally do the price target by using the candle wick and then extrapolating from the neckline instead of the shoulder line, that gives us a $5,000 price target. So this inverse head and shoulders pattern has a price target anywhere between four dollars and $5,000. There's multiple reasons why I believe that that is going to actually happen. Namely, out on the weekly chart, we have some major bullish RSI and MACD divergence. You can see the lower lows here on the RSI and on the MACD, and you can see the higher lows here on the price action. This is a really big deal, guys. Whenever you see MACD and RSI divergence out on the longer-term time frames like this, you need to pay attention to it. The last major time that we saw this take place was back over here on RSI divergence in early 2021. We saw higher highs where we saw Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, Ethereum rally to $2,000, then $4,600 in um, February through May of 2021. We saw lower highs on RSI. From there, if you had paid attention to that RSI divergence, you would have been able to predict the 65% drop that took place in 50 days. So we've seen that this has been important, and we've seen how powerful RSI and MACD divergence is. I would argue that we're about to see a major rally on Ethereum in the next two to three months. I can't guarantee it's going to happen in the next week, but I do think that we're going to see Bitcoin have a major rally, and I do think that Ethereum is going to follow. Kelly, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Ethereum is following Bitcoin? And uh, if so, how closely do you think it's following Bitcoin? It's definitely following it. Uh, it was lagging behind it uh, for for quite a while. The the price was following it, uh, making moves just behind Bitcoin. But then uh, it's recently caught up, and it's 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 running in parity right now. I mean, if you're looking at my chart, uh, you can see. I mean, it's exactly exactly the same thing on on the on the uh, market cipher. You know, we got all the way up to the 10 hour. I don't think it's on the 12 hour yet. So same thing we got green dot on the 10 hour, uh, eight hour, four hour money flow, still positive VWAP coming up. It's, it's, it's basically they're running in tandem right now. And one of them might lead the other into a breakout. But I, I would sort of, I, I kind of am getting the feeling that Bitcoin will probably make the move first because just there's so much pent up, uh, everything, everything's riding on Bitcoin's move. Right. So yeah, absolutely. And you can see here on my chart that Bitcoin is still outperforming Ethereum. If you go up to this little 
plus button up here on uh, TradingView. You might not have known this, but you can hit compare or add symbol. Just type in BTC USD and you can compare these markets. So I actually have a line chart of Bitcoin over the Ethereum chart. You can see that if we go back to the date that it dropped or that, let's go back to January 17th or so to start them. You can see Bitcoin has outperformed Ethereum quite substantially and has been staying above that. This shows me that Ethereum is following Bitcoin. So that kind of is just to make the point that I do think Ethereum is going to follow through on its inverse head and shoulders pattern. I do think that Ethereum is going to do very well but Ethereum is only going to do as well as Bitcoin allows it. If I just go ahead and drop us all the way back to November 10th, which is the date that we saw this market uh, actually go into the rally, you saw that Ethereum was outperforming Bitcoin, or that we hit the all-time high. You can see that Ethereum was outperforming Bitcoin there for a while because Bitcoin was under Ethereum. But over the last couple of weeks, uh, Bitcoin has actually been slightly above Ethereum, and Bitcoin is starting to take that power back. I talked about it in a video a while back. You can go back on the channel and watch it about the altcoin engine of markets. You see Bitcoin rallies, and the altcoins take a backseat. And then the altcoins rally and Bitcoin takes a backseat. For a while there, Bitcoin was taking a backseat and Ethereum was the one holding on to market dominance. Now it's starting to shift. Now Bitcoin is starting to take the power back. And the reason that's so important is because whenever Bitcoin takes the power back from Ethereum, that's normally how you know a major rally is forming out of a downtrend. If you look back on history, I don't have time to show you all of it right now, but I can tell you from experience that if you look back on history, whenever Bitcoin is the one rallying and Ethereum is taking the backseat out of a major drop, that's almost always the beginning of a massive rally. That's almost always how that takes place. So that's a very good sign. I'm definitely excited about that. Now, I'm actually going to go ahead and jump on over to ADA, and we're going to look at Cardano. The thing I want to point out on Cardano is that Cardano's price is not really all that important. Let me say that again. It's not very important. I completely agree with Charles Hoskinson. People put too much <laughs> emphasis on the price of ADA. The fact of the matter is, and this is indisputable. It is the most heavily researched cryptocurrency project in the entire industry by a country mile. That's the, that's the redneck in me coming out. The fact is, it has had more papers done, it has had more scientific research done, more peer review done than any other project. Some people are starting to say that I'm kind of a Charles Hoskinson fanboy, and you know what? Maybe I'll take that. But the fact is, it's a great project, and the price will follow the fundamentals. It's always the way it works. The price follows the fundamentals. Always. Always, always, always. That's just the way that it takes place. You can't deny that. The value of gold goes up. The price of gold goes up whenever the fundamentals go up. The, value, the price of Amazon goes up whenever the fundamentals go up. Whenever Amazon doubles its customer base, the price of Amazon stock goes up. It is virtually impossible for it not to in a closed vacuum where the only factor imp uh, impacting it are those fundamentals. And that's what's happening with Cardano. The only thing impacting ADA right now are the fundamentals, and the fundamentals are increasingly bullish. I'll take that back. There's actually one thing impacting ADA's price, and that is that the entire market is boring and sideways right now. But as soon as that market starts to rally, ADA's going to have a huge rally. I've talked about how I see a 10 20 30 40 $50 ADA by the end of the decade. I think that is very realistic with what this project is doing. Ke uh, Kelly, I actually want to take, I want your opinion on Cardano a little bit here. I talk about Cardano a lot. Probably starting to sound like a broken record. Kelly, what is your take on the fundamental project of Cardano? Do you agree with me when I say that it's the most heavily well-researched project in the history of crypto? It is. I mean, of course, it, 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 they, the, the level of care that they and time that they've invested uh, in just the academic pace almost to really make sure they scientifically break this all down. Uh, I think while it's made people feel uh, like they've had to wait forever, at the end of the day, I'd rather have my house 
house built carefully than have somebody throw it together in three or four days, and right? It, and you know what Charles said in the interview? Because, I mean, we're talking about ADA, so I'll go ahead and quote him. He said, you know what happened fast? $10.5 billion in hacks happened last year fast. That's what happened fast. And he also talked about how, hey, Plutus backend came online. Smart contracts got activated. Three months later, we're seeing a ton of smart contracts. It took other projects years to get smart contracts online. Now that they're online and they're online properly in a way that is scalable, they are coming online ridiculously fast. I think we just saw three million active wall or three million uh, uh, active wallets get hit on Cardano. We've seen a lot of fundamental developments, major things ca- taking place. I would much rather have a project built right than built fast and built wrong. And I'd like to share something actually, and I'm going to shout out uh, Dan from Crypto Capital Venture because that's where I actually uh, cool. saw this. That was a great idea. Uh, but him. well, no, this is uh, actually something he, he talked about it being very undervalued. It's basically on its NVRV score uh, on its on-chain data. It's actually the most undervalued it's been in two years but then this this tweet right here is one of the ones he pulled up as well and it says cardano's in first place for most transaction activity adjusted volume last 24 hours it overtook bitcoin and ethereum adjusted transaction volume is a way to isolate only meaningful transactions and fairly compare utxo and account models so cardano everybody thinks it's not doing anything and, and it's in the background making all this headway. You know, it's, it's, uh, producing uh, smart contracts faster, uh, than Ethereum did, you know, it took Ethereum a long way to do it. Now, given we have a roadmap to do that now. So of course it's going to be, uh, and there's a community around the, uh, around the, the ecosystem of crypto that understands smart contracts. So of course it's going to happen faster, but people are trying to expect, you know, the, as they launch, they're immediately going to have everything fully robust and fully expanded and developed on as our Ethereum it, it's not going to happen that way, but the speed in which these things are happening, although it's uh, we're doing it later than Ethereum did because they 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 did it, you know three years Ethereum ago. Found it earlier. Uh, well, we're actually growing it. It's much like Bitcoin having the adoption curve faster than the internet was adopted. Right. Mm. Same thing. Cardano is doing the same thing as compared to Ethereum. It's just starting on a delayed date. But with that, you get all the benefit of you know seeing all the issues that happened previously on other chains and be able to work those out and do it in, in like a beautiful way. So. I'm really bullish on uh, ADA over the next five to 15 years for sure. Yeah. No, I am too because they have the because it's a project that has the ability to positively impact a couple billion people's lives. And when you do that, you're talking about a $10 trillion project. I mean, you're talking about a project that could be worth more than any company if it does what it's talking about doing. The vision that Charles Hoskinson has is probably the largest vision that anybody has ever had other than, you know, like maybe the founding of the United States or something like that. The reason that this is so powerful is because when you look at a project like Ethereum, which I love Ethereum, full disclosure, I hold a lot more Ethereum than I do Cardano. So people might think I hit on Ethereum. I don't hit on Ethereum. I think Ethereum's great. It's got first mover advantage, just like Bitcoin. The problem is when you have to spend a million man hours fixing problems from the foundation of the project because it wasn't built, it was built with the best technology at the time, but it wasn't built with the best technology originally. When you have to do that and work on Ethereum 2.0 and get all these things going online and it can't process enough transactions to handle all of this throughput, and you see the gas fees getting up over $100 and you end up spending half your money on gas fees when you're trying to mint an NFT, when you see that happening on Ethereum, that can only go on for so long before people say, okay, screw this, I'm going to go to a project that has faster transaction speeds that is more rigorously built that I don't have to worry about getting hacked, that I don't have to worry about all this stuff. And where are they going to go? They're going to go to projects like a Cardano. Cardano has spent millions of man hours working on its back end. It is not just a project that we threw a project together and then we said, okay, we're going to throw this out in the ecosystem and we're going to realize, okay, great. It's going to go up to a dollar. We're going to make $40 billion and then we're going to cash out and sell. That's not the way this has worked. Cardano was never built for a price. Cardano was built for a purpose. 
See how that works? It was built for a purpose and it was built on principles, and that's why I love it. So too was Ethereum. Don't get me wrong. I just prefer the tech to, of Cardano to Ethereum. With well, that said, uh, can I say one last thing? Absolutely, you can. I, I think it's, what you just ended off there was exactly why what I think I love so much about the inter, what something Charles said in the interview was that he was like he was like literally what you know what's the point of having a cryptocurrency if you're not building it off of principles? Because the fact is like the legacy systems can literally do all these things that we're trying to get on blockchain, and in fact they could probably do it faster. They can probably do it all better. You know whatever. But the fact is, it's that it's without principles. So the whole idea of cryptocurrency is to replace those legacy systems with systems that can do the same stuff, but with principles and, and that people don't get screwed over when they're using them. So, yeah. And he talked about the whole idea of, um, of uh, you know, you have decentralization, you have governments, and then you have, um, you have accountability. That is very, 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 very important, and you don't have those properties in any other project in cryptocurrency fully executed in the way that Cardano does. So that's why I'm a fan of Cardano, and I will continue to be because I think it is a great project. With that said, though, we're going to go ahead and look at Crow. We're going to take a look at Crow, Crypto.com, because Crypto.com uh, ran an ad on the Super Bowl. Pretty interesting ad. Going to leave it at that. But what we did see is that it did not really have an impact on the price. You know, this is kind of sad. Everybody thought that, oh, man, the Super Bowl is going to happen. We're going to see these ads. It's going to blow up. And uh, we didn't really see that happen. In fact, last night, right around the time of the Super Bowl, when did the Super Bowl start? 8, 8 p.m.? 6.30 6.30? It started yeah. at 6.30? Okay, that's pretty funny. Let's look at the minute chart here on I wasn't watching the Super Bowl. Let's take a look at this here. 6:30 would be 18 18 30 100 hours. Uh literally right before the Super Bowl started, Crow went into a giant downtrend from 51 cents and it went down 8% in the 2 hours of the Super Bowl. Well, so, that's it's it's the same sort of premise we talked about this before with Elon Musk going on to Saturday Night Live and everybody had this anticipation and because nothing happened, there was a, a sell-off because you know, and it wasn't a big sell-off, but the price didn't do what people were thinking leading up to it. So then when it was a nothing burger, it just kind of, you know, and that's essentially all this is. It's a, it's the heartbeat that I showed you guys last week where, you know, you have this, this hype cycle deal and then it, everybody sells off and then basically it comes back to equilibrium, back to, back to the, the mean, you know, so I, I, that's all that's going on right now. So we just need to be patient. Exactly. No, we absolutely need to be patient, but here's the, here's the thing, guys. I think Crow is a project that is going to grow a lot. My issue with crypto.com is a fundamental and a principled one. Crypto.com is not a project that was founded on principles such as Cardano and such as Bitcoin and such as Ethereum. That's why 85% of my portfolio is in between, is in those three projects. All three of them were founded on solid principles. I fully believe that Vitalik Buterin and the people that founded Ethereum wanted to make a huge difference in the world. That's why Charles Hoskinson was, inv- was involved in the original creation. I love the principles behind Ethereum. I love them behind Bitcoin. I love them behind Cardano. I couldn't care less about the, what, what's behind Crypto.com. I really couldn't. All Crypto.com is, in my mind, is a cryptocurrency to back up the company that is an exchange. I love exchanges. Don't get me wrong. I'm not attacking Crypto.com as a company. And I'm not attacking the, I'm not, I'm not attacking the coin. What I am saying is that Crypto.com, at least as far as I've been able to tell through my research, is there to back up the company. And the company has a very important job of evangelization. I will not in any way, shape, or form say that it is a bad thing for us to go out there and spread the word and bring on users into crypto. We need that. We need the Crypto.coms of the world. We need Crypto.com coins of the world. I'm not attacking that. What I am saying is that I don't care about its principles other than the fact that it's helping to bring people online. That's why I'm not invested in it. I invest in principles, not necessarily in price. That's why I'm invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum and Cardano, and I'll continue to be even when I even when their price is not as attractive as something else. That's why I don't invest in the in the in the dog in the dog coins in Sheeb and you know 
uh, Dogecoin because I don't care about their principles. I just don't. It's really that simple. So Kelly, I want your thoughts on that. What would you? What, what, what is your take on this idea of principled investing and how does it apply in your opinion to crypto.com? I don't want to be too harsh on it. Well, I, I don't think crypto.com is a, it's necessarily a bad investment. The way I, I don't either. one of the ma- matrix that I look through, the lens I look through is, you know, I've only got so much time. Time time is the most, uh, you know, it's a, it's a rarest, most finite asset that we have on this earth. Not Bitcoin, not gold, not any of these things. We do all these other things so we can have more time, right? And so when I'm spending my time looking at, cause, you know, I don't just buy projects or, uh, you know, trades random things just to make money. I actually try to find things that I have some sort of passion or interest in so it doesn't take so much energy to spend the time, the limited time I have to look into these things. And so with crypto.com, uh, the way I think about it in Crow, it's almost like uh, it's the intermediary from being a centralized world to a decentralized world. It's essentially like a bank. That's all it is. It's a bank on a, in a decentralized sort of ecosystem that isn't decentralized. So they're kind of playing the aspects. And, and in all honesty, I actually think it is very needed uh, as a bridge between the traditional minded sort of people that want, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a custodian uh, to, you know, somebody to, you know, shepherd them through, which is essentially what a, a bank is supposed to be. And that's not what they do. They typically just shepherd your money away from you. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, having, having these institutions, even Coinbase is similar to that, you know, a, a Nexo, BlockFi, uh, all, all these various different uh, pseudo bank crypto, you know, exchange companies, storage wallets, which aren't really wallets. I, uh, so I say invest, I wouldn't say invest in it. I would say use it at, at your own discretion, do your diligence. I don't think it's a bad investment. It's just not one that I, either. it's not one that I'm really uh, looking into to getting. Cause yeah, absolutely. And I hope I wasn't too harsh on it. I'm not saying that Crow is a bad investment. I am saying that I have concerns about a centralization and the name being the thing leading a lot of its value. I'm not saying it's a bad investment though. I think crypto.com is a great project. My, I got my brother signed up and got into crypto through crypto.com. They're doing a great thing in the world, buying the uh, the, the uh, Staples Center and cha- uh, buying the rights to the name of the Staples Center and changing it to the crypto.com arena. All that's great. That helps to get the name out. They have a very important role in the cryptocurrency space. So if I was too harsh on crypto, I do apologize and repent. Excuse me, crypto.com, I do apologize and repent. But we're going to go ahead and move on here to FTX as well. FTX token is the token that is behind the FTX exchange. And if we look at it over here on uh, CoinMarketCap, we can see FTX token is ranked number 27, worth $6 billion. And um, FTX obviously had a Super Bowl ad also. So let's take a look at what FTX token did when the Super Bowl was taking place. Going to be interesting. If we look at February the 13th, we're looking at uh, right here, 1830, 1830 hours. We saw it saw a 3% drop. So it didn't drop as much as crypto.com. To be honest with you, I don't even know if I saw the crypto.com ad. What was the crypto.com ad again? Was that the LeBron James one? That, that's right. The FTX ad was amazing. I loved that ad. The price dropped 3%. Kelly, why do you think? Actually, I've already asked you about crypto.com. Smay, why do you think that the FTX price dropped 3% within three hours of that ad airing? Um, to be honest with you, because I don't think it did what people were expecting it to do. Um, I think like exactly what Kelly said, they were expecting a pump. I was expecting a pump. And since it wasn't there, they uh, they sold. Um, I will say also, though, I as much as I really love that commercial, it was a it was slightly 
I think it was slightly too cryptic for the average person. Yeah. So it's one of those things that you like, if you're expecting a pump, it needs to be pretty clear of an endorsement of saying, hey, go buy this. You know, that's that was my problem with every single one of the crypto Super Bowl ads. None of them were in your face. Go buy crypto. Maybe the eToro ad, maybe a little bit. No, that one sucked. That one was weird. Yeah. But, well, I mean, no, honestly, I thought the FTX one was slightly because wait, was it? Yeah, the FTX one was Larry the David. one with Larry David Larry because David, yeah. he essentially, you know, it's that whole concept of like stop stop having this barrier to entry because you think it's because you can't see that this is such a great invention that's right in front of your face you know uh yeah. so i i liked that sort of because at the same time same same thing on our show you know people ask us all the time should i buy this should i buy that when should i buy this is this a good br-? and we can't legally make those assertions we can't me- legally tell you that and the same thing with the advertising they can't be pushy about getting somebody by but they can uh give you that mental framework to either look into or, or dismantle certain ways of thinking, which I, which is why I think the FTX well, commercial probably was the best. I, so the reason why I kind of, I think I, I get it, but I actually think it was, it didn't accomplish what it needed to accomplish because guys, ultimately it's almost seemed like it was commercials made by crypto people for crypto people instead of made for non crypto. That's people. what I was going to say. It, it, it was almost like, uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, we get it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, the Larry David jokes were funny to crypto people, yeah. but like, and they were funny in general. Right. But still, I mean, to, to get that point across, if I'm just, a, if I'm just my dude, I'm, I, I have no idea. I still think digital currency is a bunch of, ho, uh, uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, random silly goose stuff that these kids are doing nowadays. I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, oh wow, Larry David, that was funny. Yep. I didn't think any more anything deeper about that. But when yep. we watch crypto and we crypto enthusiasts watch it, we're like, oh yeah, they don't know it's the future. Look, they sound yeah. like those goobers that didn't buy Bitcoin. You know, I I just think it didn't do what. It, it just it wasn't clear enough and you have to be like clear the, and concise. It's almost like the targeting was wrong. It's like it felt like the yeah. ad was targeted at people that were already in crypto. But the thing is if people are already in crypto and maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they were going for okay, pump there's a bunch exchange. of people in crypto to pump their exchange of people already in crypto. Maybe that's what their purpose was. If that's the case then it succeeded. I think everybody who's in crypto saw that ad and they're like that's great. Although here's the problem. I didn't at one point think okay, I want to go use that exchange. I thought, "Oh wow, crypto's the future." Which is great. I don't get me wrong. I love any company propo- pro- pro- promoting crypto as the future. My question is, I don't really know how that's going to serve FTX. Maybe they're doing it as a favor to the community to help them with brand recognition. It's really just kind of confusing the way that they went about that. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Uh, what, I was reading the chat. What you, what you just asked me? I was asking you what your thoughts are on the way that they targeted the ad. It seems like the targeting was very strange on that ad. It didn't seem like that they knew. Ex- it, it's hard to tell who exactly the ad was made for. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's like same same argument with the Coinbase ad with the with the QR code. You know, uh, Smay initially said he's like, you know, uh, something about old people uh, not going to be tuned into that. And I, and I, you know, my thought my thought was like, you know, well, at the end of the day, who do you really want to spend your money marketing to people that are going to be around or people that are leaving? Right. So it's like same thing with the FTX saying now, whether or not people know who Larry David is, I think is a little bit irrelevant. I think the concept of, uh, basically pointing out this archaic way of thinking and showing that's not what I said. I, I wasn't saying that people didn't know who Larry, but I tried to cut you off. No, but, no, not yeah. Larry David. I'm talking about the, the Coinbase, uh, the QR code was no. the one that you made the comment about. 
Yeah, yeah, no. I, I Anyways, keep going. Keep going. But no, that's it. I mean, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's a little bit scattershot because you got, you know, hundreds of millions of people watching uh, both online streaming, uh, probably more than the, the number reflects because there tends to be a group around a TV when they're watching a Super Bowl, yeah. right? So, uh, and, and not only that, think about how many different, not only crypto shows today, uh, news shows, uh, you know, on traditional TV uh, broadcasting. That, I mean, these ads are going far beyond just being shown at the Super Bowl. They're, they're being discussed uh, throughout the week at the water cooler at work, you know, you know, friends. So uh, I think the scatter shot is a little bit irrelevant who are targeted because it's kind of hitting everybody. Well, <laughs> well, I would say so. My my thing is, though, what my all I'm trying to communicate is saying they didn't if, if they're and I don't think this was their goal, to be honest. I think we put unfair expectations on these companies and their ads to say that it was going to pump the price. These weren't ads to pump the price. That wasn't the purpose. Yeah, that right. wasn't the, that. So and that was never going to happen. Either. So, so that's the so that's kind of the idea of saying uh, if you're if you're looking at this ad, did, did this ad get people right now to buy crypto? No, but I agree with what for if I was Coinbase, I think they did exactly what Coinbase needed to do, and that's what Kelly's saying is that yeah, now they're targeting who they need to target. They're getting people to jump on their exchange into this giveaway. You know that is uh, good publicity for Coinbase, yeah. right? Which I think long term downstream will get in more people into buying I, uh, crypto I, but this is not this was these were not pump type commercials i actually think the coinbase ad was the best of all of them and i'll tell you why they took a page out of mr beast book they said hey let's get a bunch of attention by doing a giant giveaway because if i remember right the behind the qr code was the chance to win a million dollars right i don't yeah uh, yeah isn't yeah. that what happened they yes. were doing giveaway yeah that was the bi- that was the best ad of the entire night by a country mile I don't know why I got that thought in my head. The country. Well, well, the country you know, well, you know, I'm a redneck. No, but you know, FTX did that as well. FTX did based on what time that their advertisement went out, they were going to give away that much Bitcoin. So if it was 705, it was going to be 7.05 Bitcoin. And then what they did was as soon as it went out, they did a tweet and then you had to, you had to retweet, uh, the, the post that they did. And then you'd be entered to win, uh, however. Good. Many, yeah. That's so. awesome. But the FTX ad is not getting talked about as much as the Coinbase ad because You're the Coinbase right. ad is controversial. And that's my point. Coinbase did that because they knew everybody would be talking about it. What is the most controversial Super Bowl ad? Coinbase is more controversial than all the other cryptocurrency ads combined because they went the traditional route. Mr. Beast did the exact same thing. He did not go the traditional route of give me more money. I'm going to buy more things. I'm going to get myself a new Lambo and then I'm going to show it off and flex it on Instagram. No, I'm going to give away a million bucks and we're going to play Squid Game. (laughs) They went the Mr. Beast route and Mr. Beast has 70 million subscribers or whatever it is and a quarter billion views a month for a reason. Coinbase went the Mr. Beast route and they understand marketing. It's funny, our chief marketing officer, Shannon, in chat was saying that none of the ads seem very well thought out. I would say that's true about every single one of them except the Coinbase ad. I know exactly what they were doing. I think they did a phenomenal job. I think it was hilarious. Was it an entertaining ad? No. Is a Super Bowl ad, is the point of it to be entertaining? No. It's to make a point and it's to get people talking about their ad. It was, it was disruptive. It was very disruptive. Yeah, I think everybody was expecting it to be this this thing, and it was just... Ding, ding. Yeah, it was an anti-climax. <laughs> it was, it was, what it is, it's so anti-humor. It, it was anti-humor. Well, That's you know exactly what's funny? What it was. It's irritatingly funny. What's yeah. funny, I was sitting there, and I was my room My room was full, my whole family was gathered around the TV, and as soon as it started going, everyone was like, what, what, what is, is there this? there an issue with the and TV? And I immediately said, I immediately said, I remember the first thing I said, this is a crypto commercial. Yeah, this I, is a, I yes, sat there, exactly. I, said, I said, this is a crypto commercial, and then next thing you know, it was Coinbase. I was like, yep. Yep, that's a crypto knew commercial. Crypto.coinbase.com. Yeah, well, guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, smash that like button. We just hit 1,000 likes. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. And don't forget to sign up for the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. Why? Because the best investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself. 
the best investment you will ever make is an investment in your education, in your identity, in your habits, in your disciplines, in your skill sets, in your toolbox that's going to allow you <clears throat> to go out and actually make the most of cryptocurrency markets. If you don't know how to be a doctor, you're never going to get paid $400,000 to be a doctor. If you don't know how to be a carpenter or make 70 bucks an hour, you're never going to make 70 bucks an hour because you don't have the skill sets. You don't have the toolkit. As soon as you get those skills, as soon as you get the toolkit and you get that reputation, get that experience, that's when you start making 70 bucks an hour, $250 an hour. You can be a business coach and go make $100,000 an hour teaching from stage and talking to all of the executives of a Fortune 500 company, but you got to know how to do it. You got to have the tools. You got to have the resources. You have to have the experience and the skills and the connections. One of the most important, I would say the most important investment you will ever make is an investment in yourself, specifically in education. That's why we are at our core a media, but also an education business, because we want you to be successful. And the best way that we can help you to be successful is through education. There's a reason that if you look at the correlation between the education of the populace and the gross domestic product of a nation, they are perfectly in correlation with about a 10-year delay because it takes time for people to get into the workforce. Education is the biggest predictor of the success of a nation, and it's also the biggest predictor of the success of you in crypto. So invest in your education with the number one crypto Currency Technical Analysis Academy resource. It's in the description box down below. And uh, we have a full 30-day money-back refund guarantee if you decide that it's not for you. Guys, thank you so very much for watching. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Let's read some Super Chats, and we're going to wrap it out. Alrighty, we uh, got member. Well, first of all, I just want to say, guys, member stream, member stream tonight. Yes, member, uh, member stream, stream uh, uh, right after the stream, member stream. Yep. Uh, alrighty, so we're gonna do Justin Jones. He kind of uh, was basically refilling the rest of the Elliott Wave thing. He said, he said, in regards to BTC Elliott Wave pattern, I'm looking at May 21st uh, or May 20, uh, 2021 to November 21 uh, to January 2022. Uh, well, if if that's working for you, uh, we don't have time to dive into it at this moment. But uh, I, I I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, the next one we got Mike, the humble Swede, the marketing campaign seemed directly, uh, directed directly towards people that know about crypto yeah. already. It should have been directed towards new money. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. I agree. But on a corporate level, who are they going to make more money off of the people in crypto that have a quarter million dollar portfolio or the guy that's going to spend 10 bucks who just got into crypto. So from a marketing standpoint, as far as their return on investment, it actually does make sense that even at the Super Bowl they would be promoting people that have already spent a month or two, at least in crypto. So I kind of get where they're coming from the more I think about it. But I do still think that the Coinbase ad was the best ad of them all. And it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't the Budweiser Clydesdales. It wasn't, you know, a super funny, you know, um, it, it wasn't a super funny ad. Although it kind of was because it was anti-humor. I think it was the best ad. I actually do So let that. me ask you a question. We got this member stream coming up right after this. And we do these somewhat regularly for our members. What does that mean? Where do, how does somebody become a member? How do they get involved with this so, yeah. so they can jump in on these things? Yeah. So guys, if you hit the join button right below this video, then you will see all of the different tiers that you can become a member on. In fact, you can jump to my screen and I'll show you how it works. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to the, uh, my screen and I will show you. Hit this join button right there. And then there will be a video that will play automatically of me explaining what all the perks are. And then you can join at different levels. We have Jedi Younglings and Padawans and Knights and Jedi Masters and Jedi Grandmasters. And depending on what tier you join at, you will be getting access to different uh, rewards and perks. You're going to be getting wallpapers and discounts on our merchandise. Which, by the way, if you didn't know we have merch, we do. CryptoJob, CryptoJeb.com forward slash merch. And you'll also be getting different loyalty badges next to your name in chat. If you go up all the way to a Grandmaster, you'll get a personalized video from me and you'll get your name on the HODL trophy. So make sure you go ahead and join down here. It's a way of helping 
helping the community. And by the way, there is a Discord coming, I do believe. I can't promise anything, but I think it's on its we've way. Got, we've, got, we've got a number. Like I told you, I was, I was in office. I worked probably, uh, I don't know, 15 hours, 16 hours this, this weekend. Just on some of the stuff that we have coming for everybody is so wonderful. And some of these, uh, you know, some of these perks that are coming with the member stuff. So I definitely encourage it and, you know, hop in there. You could do it right now if you want. Yeah. And for all the rest of the members, we'll be seeing you here in just a few minutes uh, right after the stream at the, for our members, members little stream meetup. Well, guys, that's all I got for you today. Before I go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. you enjoyed listening to the coffee and crypto podcast tune in every day at 9 30 a.m eastern to watch live on youtube follow us on our social media accounts at crypto jet and lastly we want to thank you for supporting us here at maxi media